0: Donald Trump's fourth indictment, Joe Biden's mismanagement of the Maui wildfires offering $700, as well as government inaction that led to the deaths of many in Hawaii. All that and more as we recap the week. So sit back, grab yourself a cup of coffee or whatever it is that you're into. You're listening to America Emboldened with Greg Bolden here on the America Out Loud Network. welcome bold americans to another episode of america emboldened we have made it to the end of the week it's friday and i'm joined by my good friend chris michaels from the last call podcast with Chris Michaels, available on all of your favorite podcast streams. So go ahead and make sure you're listening to his show because he has these great bite-sized nuggets Monday through Thursday that come out at 11 p.m., but I find that they're great to digest during my lunchtime. Uh, As always, he's funny, he's a good time, and we really enjoy having him here on the America Out Loud Network with me every single Friday with you. So, Chris, welcome back to the show.
1: Thank you, thank you, thank you. How was your sabbatical?
0: My sabbatical was wonderful. Yeah. I had pre-recorded some shows on Liberty that lasted five parts, which, as you know, you helped me with that fifth part. And I did not think about my podcast really at all the entire wow. time I was on that beach. And I was just grounded. like, Matt from Cultivate Elevate, he'd be yep. proud. I literally would. <laughs> I, I, I spent my vacation grounding myself into the sand parking my rear end in the sand for, you know, eight hours a day. And it really did make a difference in my mind and the way I was thinking about things. So I, I, you know, I, if people have not been grounding, I really think take off your shoes, ground yourself into the earth. It is a beautiful process and it does help relax you. And so I relaxed that way. What did you do during my sabbatical?
1: Oh, I did nothing. <laughs> podcast. I did podcast. I did nothing otherwise. Uh, You know what? That's not true. Over the weekend. uh, Actually, no, you were back. So, But over this weekend, I went to New York City. And I will tell you this much. Uh, The people that we went to New York City with, they live in New York City. And they want you to take an Uber in Midtown because that's how bad it is. So from 36th Street to 39th Street, which is Midtown tourist area, they're like, nah, if it's if it's after nine o'clock, after eight o'clock, you really should really? be taking Uber just three blocks. So, woof,
0: <laughs> yeah, that's that's not good for the city. <laughs>
1: and now they're talking about shifting all of the um, all the illegal immigrants into Long Island because the rest of New York is uh, tired of it. And you already have Nassau County, which is closer to Queens, borders Queens and borders Suffolk County. They're already saying uh, No. This is not a sanctuary county. There's no sanctuary towns here. Good luck, Mayor Adams. You're not going to find any help over here. So. Which
0: borough <laughs> is AOC's? Is that Brooklyn? I think so.
1: I think you she's it, in Brooklyn.
0: Send it to her. She seems to be like really care about the kids in cages and stuff. So I'm yeah. sure she, she'd be happy to cage people in a different way, right? Like.
1: <laughs> She can go cry in front of empty parking lots again.
0: Absolutely. Remember that picture? Oh my god, that was the best. <laughs> the best part is that, that, that thats like one of those uh, the Office moments, right? You got Michael there, and he's like Biden is like. Mm but then the camera pans and you realize like his reaction is not the way you think it is. It's the same thing with her. Like she's sitting there at a fence with nothing on the other side with tears in her eyes on her knees, on her knees. knees. That was right after she got elected too. I mean, she was playing that role. So, so well, oh, terrible. We got a ton of stories that we can cover for everybody. So let's get straight into it. First and foremost, uh, we would be amiss if we didn't start off with the largest story for uh, anybody who's following the elections. And that is Donald Trump has been indicted a fourth time, this time in Georgia. And I've been telling people that this was the indictment that matters. The other three indictments in my mind aren't going to stick. I don't think that he has anything to worry about in New York. I think the documents eventually just goes away. And I think that the January 6th stuff is something you can't pin on him because he has enough things that he can point to to say, look, I told people to go home. Twitter pulled the thing down. Look, when I made my speech, I was telling people, keep it peaceful. Look, I even tweeted this out that I wanted to be peaceful. I don't control the people. And I think that he's 100% right. I, I, I think that at the end of the day, uh, we're going to find out that this whole insurrection uh, type of claim that the Democrats have put out there is going to go the way of Russia, Russia, Russia. That stated the charges that we have in Georgia, we have about 18 people that are being indicted with him and prominent people too, people like uh, mayor Giuliani. Uh, we have people like Sidney Powell, uh, Mark Meadows. So there's lots of high profile individuals that they're saying are doing election tampering that they were, really trying to change the votes and showing that um, there was uh, actual tampering of the data from the Trump campaign. And I figured that this is where they were going to go with it, because if they can even remotely prove this, which I believe they will be able to do, because if you listen to my show, you already know, I tell you both sides cheat, right? And they we know both sides cheat, but guess what? They're only going to focus on Trump cheating on this one. Um, but it's a larger problem with the entire United States and both parties. So I wanted to come to you because I know you just talked about the election machines on your show yesterday and, uh, kind of get your take on things. Is Donald Trump in trouble? Um, is this going to be the, the nail in his coffin or is he the Teflon Don still?
1: I still think he's the Teflon Don for this reason. Did you hear Newt Gingrich come out today?
0: Now, Newt Gingrich today came out and said that uh, he had a source that he trusts tell him that uh, they needed an indictment. Have quote yeah, you, oh, you have the quote. Go ahead. and I'm Newt. ready that, to go. Better than me paraphrasing. Go right ahead. <laughs> okay.
1: So uh, Newt Gingrich was on a uh, real America voice and he says, uh, let's see that he has a reliable source that someone in Washington made a call to Georgia DA Fannie Willis, instructing her to indict Donald Trump on Monday, not Tuesday, because everybody was supposed to be back to do the indictment on a Tuesday. We have to cover up all the mistakes we just made with Weiss. That, I am told, this is hearsay, but I am told by a reliable source, Newt says, that Friday evening, somebody from Washington called the DA in Atlanta and said, you have to indict on Monday. We have to cover up all the mistakes we just made with Weiss, My jurors aren't coming back until Tuesday, said Fanny, And they said, you didn't hear me. You have to indict on Monday. Well, we're not going to be here before noon. And they said, it doesn't matter. This means it's going to be at 8 or 9 or 10 o'clock at night. And the result was, it doesn't matter. Now, this goes completely along with the story of how the clerk posted online all of the indictments before the jurors were back. They knew they were going to do this. The whole thing's corrupt. Who gave all the indictments to the clerk's office? And of course, the DA is saying, "Well, I, I don't know the responsibilities of the clerk. You're the effing DA. How do you not know?"
0: Who- and, and I, Chris, yeah. I want I want right. to point out that, and I want you to continue. But I want to point out for the listeners that are going, "Oh, that's that's hearsay that this thing was published ahead of time." This was confirmed by the Democrat darling, the trusted news initiative, Reuters. Reuters is the people that actually exposed the fact that the document dropped before the grand jury was able to make a decision. So we have evidence directly from the trusted news initiative, the the official people of NPR, the official people of the Democrat Party, that, yes, the D.A. made the decision, not the grand jury. So continue on, Chris.
1: Right. And the clerk posted it online. So and they have screenshots of this. So to say that miraculously, they had some kind of precognition that the jurors were going to come back and come to the DA with all of these indictments word for word before they even finished is divine intervention. This is ridiculous. These people cannot do anything right. There are even spelling mistakes, I think, in the indictment too. I haven't gone through the whole thing, but I'm sure it's a there, there, and there kind of deal. So when you ask whether or not Donald Trump is going to come out of this, yes, he's going to come out of this. And they just requested that this court case be heard in 26, 2026. And the I think, what is it they want to do? They want to the Democrats want to bring this in. But the day before Super Tuesday, Super
0: Tuesday, right? Yep. What's Super Tuesday, Greg? We got an election going
1: big primary day. Yeah. Right. Super Tuesday is enormous. So you're telling me that the Democrats aren't interfering in this election and the Republicans in Georgia aren't interfering in this election? They're they're all doing it. The mainstream Republicans, the rollover Republicans, they're all doing it. And I don't think it'll work, but this is election interference. And I think the main gist of this is the same thing that they did in 2020, and that is to interfere in an election because they have nothing to run on it. Name a Biden accomplishment
0: mm, Well uh, Ice cream Ice cream Yeah right. <laughs> he's, he's got good taste in ice cream um, Pistachio and, Oh oh, I, I know his, An accomplishment What's He that? makes cocaine charges go away like nobody's business Ooh
1: I was going to say He expanded my vocabulary Thanks to Kim Jong Un For calling him a dotard <laughs> That. <laughs>
0: Uh, I
1: didn't but, know that until until Little Rocket yes. Man told me
0: about that. What was the quote that Donald Trump uh published about Fanny uh Willis and what she said about him during the January 6th uh trials against the insurrectionist? Do you do you, do you remember what the quote was? I'm getting ready to look that up and type on, but I wasn't it. sure if you could. It was something about um along the lines of when she was looking at those that As a judge, judge, right. She said, well, I don't blame these individuals. I blame the man who egged them on basically and told them to go in. And so she's already made a judgment against Donald Trump, which I think is a conflict of interest as somebody who is charging him right now, because if you've already made up your mind during those uh, trials and you've already put that on record, then how can you be unbiased and just look at the facts? Totally.
1: This is this is another case of the Democrats stacking the deck because they've got nothing to run on. They they want to run on headlines. That's what they want to run on. So if there's another indictment with Trump, if Trump is found guilty in, oh, I don't know, October, that that wouldn't that help things. Right. Because you can't run on Kamala Harris's. What? What can you run on? What did Kamala Harris do? Besides, make awkward jokes and cackle at people. And then you got Joseph Biden, who doesn't know his ass from his elbow, can't tell anything. And by the way, uh, I think Fanny from Georgia is part of the same sorority as Kamala Harris. So I wonder if, you know, through the grapevine, they're talking about anything that way, too. They've got nothing to run on. The only oh. thing they can do is just run on headlines, which are engineered by their operatives in the mainstream media.
0: I largely just wouldn't trust anybody with the name Fanny. No, sounds vulgar. Fanny may. I mean, they, yeah. you know, <laughs> <laughs> uh, bad, bad, bad lending, bad law or big you know, Fanny.
1: I mean, Fanny ugh.
0: packs. I don't trust people who wear Fanny packs. Either. No, God, very, No, very, very bad for you. The fashion statements. Oh, Yeah, I I think that I agree with you that there's political motivation behind all of this. I'm not disagreeing, but I think that this is a lot larger of a problem for Trump because of The fact that i i think that they're going to be able to get him on these charges and even the the smile on the deputy's face when he said oh yeah we're going to uh take photos we're taking the mug shots don't get around it i'm like look at the smile on his face like he's really looking forward to this like you shouldn't be looking forward to no matter who the presidential candidate is taking a photo of a former president like that's that's not good for the country in of itself I think people are getting tired of this too. I think that at some point in time, people are like, "Ah, can we have something else? But that goes on both sides. You're correct that that is really a weakness of the Democrat party because they have no good candidate to prop up at this point in time. And so the fact that there's this vacuum of leadership from the Democrat party and the the GOP really has no leadership whatsoever. I mean, Kevin McCarthy, get the hell out of here. He's not a leader. Um, And then the other part of it is a caricature of leadership that Trump is probably going to be the next president barring him being in prison. I don't see it any other way. Um, Does prison
1: even stop him?
0: You know, I, because they didn't get him on the insurrection, I believe, and I I would need a constitutional lawyer to look into this, but I believe I even read this before because I researched it. And my understanding is from the charges that he is being brought up on, he could become president from prison and pardon himself.
1: <laughs> and then write a manifesto before he leaves. Right? Exactly. Yeah.
0: Yeah. But I mean, it, it's, it's crazy. And so any, anybody that's uh, really supporting Joe Biden at this point in time, um, look, this guy, it, the first thing I, I want to talk about is mortgage rates. Oh. Now, The mortgage rates at this point are about to hit 8% in this country. Uh, Don't take my word for it. Uh, Take the marketwatch.com story that just came out. Um, The National Association of Realtors is telling everybody, look, home prices are still going up. And they're expected to go up like another 2.5% on average around the United States over the next year. The only way that you can reel in real estate going up is by raising the interest rates. And people are still buying up these homes at 7.5%. They're paying about one hundred and twenty to $180,000 more over the 30 years that they're taking out these loans from what they would have been taking out just three years ago before the pandemic, when it was at 35 to 4%. There's going to be a boiling point at some avenue, I believe. But even with the boiling point, I think people are getting hip to the idea that if you don't own property, you don't own a home, you're not going to have rights in the future. So people are starting to make that sacrifice to get those homes despite the cost right now, because they're seeing the writing on the wall. Do you agree with that statement?
1: I do, but I I don't think that mindset is as prevalent as people in our circles. People in our circles, we're we're cut above the rest. We're critical thinkers here. We kind of realize that if we don't have property, we own nothing and we probably will not be happy. So that's what's really going on as far as that's concerned. And I think you're going to have people realize that the only way out of this is by going into the woods, going into the mountains, starting to become more independent.
0: Where are we heading
1: Oh.
0: <laughs> actually, don't, well, don't, I mean, <laughs> don't tell the listeners, don't tell the listeners, we don't need a combine. <laughs> yeah, <right. laughs> but I'll tell you, I'll tell you this
1: much, too. There is plenty of land for everybody, plenty of land. I mean, just go an hour north of New York City, go, land for hours in all directions and little pockets of civilization around universities. So it's not that hard. It's a lifestyle change. But. I think that's the way that this has to go, because the other part of this is that you can't repair this system. This system is so corrupt from the judiciary, the Department of Justice, all of it is so corrupt that how can you unwind all of this? I mean, to, to quote the Joker, this town needs an enema, but it ain't. it's not going to work. Right. It's not going to work. And I also heard this rumor today. I'm not, not sure if you heard this as well. A couple of things. Two things, two rumors. First one, they're going to declare a constant, what do they call it? What's the clause in the constitution where they suspend it? I forgot the clause of it. I I heard it today and I forgot about it. And it's, it's, it's legal theory. So what they're going to try and do is create a constitutional crisis with these ghost guns. And then they're going to suspend the constitution- which would give people the ability or give the ATF the ability to go around and find people that own guns. So you're, that,
0: you're, you're yeah, talking about ahead. the suspension clause. I guess. I, yeah. I just had to look up my, uh, my constitution here the, to make sure that I, I understood what you were getting at. Um, so the only time that the government can suspend your privileges is when there's a rebellion or invasion that is occurring and public safety requires it. Outside of that, there's a suspension clause, which is actually supposed to protect your liberty by protecting the privilege of habeas corpus uh, during that time. But the rest of the Constitution. Could right. be Ended.
1: Yep. So in that, the argument that's. Try- You're right. Yeah, you broke up and then you spoke really fast, almost like there was a delay.
0: Oh, sorry about so that. We're good. It now. wasn't me. <laughs> I don't speak that fast. That's that's a that's a recording issue.
1: Yeah. No, we're good now. Uh, But supposedly the legal argument is going to try to be made that there is a constitutional crisis of some sort. There's an invasion of some sort. Gee, I wonder where that could come from. And we've got a ghost gun issue. So we need to go around and find all the gun owners in this country and see what they have. That is extremely disturbing, especially if you listen to uh, that one podcast or monkey works on YouTube. He was uncovering all sorts of flights, mapping flights. So what they do is they beam lasers down, LIDAR and all that other stuff, onto specific areas. And they've been doing this all across the United States for a very long time now. And his conjecture is that this is going to be something that they're doing on purpose. They're mapping this stuff out for a reason. They're going to put troops in here or something. This ATF angle seems to be a lot more accurate because one of the Biden promises is that they're going to try and get rid of guns, Yeah, okay. So this seems to be that first rumor. Second rumor is that they're apparently trying to gin up this idea of a climate crisis. And the climate crisis is going to be COVID mandates 2.0, where, oh, you've got to stay home, you can't buy so much food, you can't use so much electricity, you've got to stay in place. And you even hear John Podesta, that ghoul. They come rolled out. Him back out. They rolled him back out with his with his gaunt little sinewy fingers and that weird face of his. He's out there saying that we have to pass this new climate bill because climate change is imminent and it's going to be another uh, rhetorical piece of you don't know how good it is until you pass it, just like mm-hmm. Obamacare. So those are the two angles that I think they're going to try to use to. Really put the nail in the coffin of Donald Trump beyond these silly indictments. Well,
0: I I think that uh, we're kind of at a spot where Aaron Day was on my program on Tuesday this week. And uh, he basically said, we don't have until the 2024 election. We're in dire, dire need of waking people up immediately that CBDCs are coming, central bank digital currency for the uninitiated. Um, and with that comes all these agendas. Comes the what the United Nations working on, what the WEF's working on. And COVID was a test run for all of this. You know, it, the data that they were able to get when people were locked in their homes, not driving, it, it went beyond just how much cleaner the air was going to be. It went to people's shopping patterns. It went to what people will do in the face of a crisis, so that way they can understand how to control better. And anyone who doesn't understand that, or they are like, that's a conspiracy theory. I I really would like you to sit with uh, the, the mirror looking glass and contemplate three years ago, sit quietly and think about the pandemic and what you heard about it. And then you ask yourself, why didn't everything come to fruition that I thought was going to come fruition in 2020? How come It didn't completely change the R factor and kill off most of the population. And then if your answer is, well, we developed a vaccine, then I would say, hold up your looking glass, the vaccine efficacy, and look at ivermectin, which by the way, they just said ivermectin is actually saving people's lives. Uh, That study finally came out and you'll find that you got duped and it's okay to say that you got duped. It's all right. It's not to say that COVID wasn't a real thing, that COVID didn't kill people, that it wasn't an actual uh, sickness. No, it absolutely was. But you got duped by the fear factor machine, which was studying all of this. The John Podestas that are out there trying to ramp up what the next thing's going to be, the United Nations Agenda 2030, the WEF, Bill Gates, all these individuals. It's not conspiracy it's right there in front of me. The documents are all there. We're going to take a quick break right here. I think it's a good spot to take a break. When we come back, we're going to talk about um, a little bit about our Twitter space that we did on Wednesday night with people from the island of Maui. It was a great space and you're going to want to hear a little bit about that. And we're also going to get into uh, something that I heard on a Twitter space yesterday with the Krasensteins and uh, Derek Bros came onto their feed And he dropped some knowledge that made me very uncomfortable about continuing my time on Twitter. All right, everybody, make sure you're visiting the sponsors on the America Out Loud Network. Helps keep the lights on. You're listening to America Emboldened with Greg Bolden and Chris Michaels here on the America Out Loud Network. We'll be right back.
1: Well, the Out Loud truth was the rallying call that started it all. AmericaOutloud.news was an idea, a movement, a place where folks would feel comfortable speaking the truth without being censored or canceled. The First Amendment is alive and well. America Out Loud Talk Radio. It's a fight for the soul of humanity.
2: This is Jodi O'Malley with Nurses Out Loud. Did you know our body is made up of trillions of cells and inside each cell, redox signaling molecules are produced? These molecules hold a sacred place in chemistry because as we age, the vital communication of our immune system to keep our bodies free from harmful bacteria, viruses, and toxins become less efficient. Out loud.
0: Welcome back, Bald American. Second half of the show here on the America Out Loud Network. We're doing our weekly recap with Chris Michaels and myself. Glad that you're stuck around for the second half because we did a Twitter space. Uh what, Wednesday night, Chris? Was that that going? Wednesday. It was oh, no, two pr- nights ago. Two nights ago. It was, it was very fruitful. What, what'd you learn?
1: I learned that there are a lot of lies going on and a lot of underhanded things from these politicians um, that are going to try to be inflicted upon the populace. Um, and we hear all these stories <clears throat> about all of these people getting called up by the banks. We'll pay for your cash. Oh, we'll pay for your house in cash. Just do it now. And then we hear the government coming out today saying, uh, we have intentions on using eminent domain to take all this stuff over. I mean, they're they're not doing anything to alleviate all the rumors that have been out there about smart cities and creating 15-minute cities and using Maui as an AI-driven or AI-run city. So what I learned overall is that, uh, what what was their name? Brixie? Brixie. Yep. Brixie. Brixie she's somebody that really knows the ins and outs of that political machination over there. So somebody like her, I think, is going to be a leader um, to, try and, to try and help these people. I also learned that the culture is very, very important. You're also learning, essentially, that you have an American Indian or Native American-type culture out there in Hawaii, but they don't have any reservations. So they didn't round them up and put them on horrible soil that was radioactive. They actually got beachfront property.
0: <laughs> well, that's not necessarily true oh, yeah, because, I, <laughs> I well no, I get a message today from one of the people who spoke in the space, Greg, uh-huh. and he's like, "Hey, are you familiar with Koho, uh, Koho, Alawe?" And again, I'm not a native, so I'm sorry to anyone from the island for butchering your beautiful uh, way of saying your, your islands. Uh, but I, I respond, I was like, I'm not much. I'm just trying to learn this week. And he said, the government literally bombed this island for decades. And the lands over here have been decimated, they've been mismanaged. Monsanto has a large agricultural operation north of uh, Key He sent me photos and he said, on his way to work today, he's like, look, I'm like, I took this on my way to work. It's the whole Central Valley, and it's a tinderbox. This used to be all lush sugarcane. Now it's nothing. So the the Americanized corporations and everything are destroying Maui. This is a guy who's right there. He was. I was so glad that he was there because he was also able to kind of get us. We talk about like the the misnomers, the truths that are half truths, and what's real, what's not. We had one person from Hawaii say. Well, none of the kids were at school. And he's like, well, that's not true. The kids got sent home halfway through the day because the winds were coming in. So that's why the kids were home, but the parents were at work. So it was like a half truth. But when we deal with like half truths, that's where conspiracy comes in and then misinformation. And what I found was, even though I talked about direct energy weapons on Monday, even though uh, I think that there's things that are really strange about the way the fires burned. What I found was, I think that the people in Maui, regardless of how this whole thing started, they're about to get screwed. I mean, their pants are down and the government is about to say, take it. And uh, sorry for the, the, the crassness of it to the listeners, but the eminent domain, the, the, the emergency management here, the fact that Joe Biden's coming in uh, on Monday to say, here's your $700, make sure you register so you can get it. Uh, meanwhile, you're not able to get aid. Aid is sitting off off to the side, according to this guy as well. And by the way, this this Greg White, he, he before he came up in the space, I was kind of vetting everybody and he, he worked with uh, Tulsi Gabbard. He's in her first uh, ever uh, campaign video. He sent that to me. So I knew that he was like a real deal type of person. Uh, before I I vetted him first. And uh, I mean, this is a guy who's very connected and he is trying to make a difference on the Island and help people. Uh, But he's like, look, it's the United States government. It's mismanaged. And this is going to be bad news for the Island. So if you're not paying attention to the story um, I think Chris uh, you and I did a phenomenal job precursory and that deserves to be listened to by tens of thousands of people more than we had on that space. But I'm still proud of it, regardless of how many people decide to show up and listen.
1: Oh, yeah. Everyone that went there <clears throat> loved what we had to say and loved who we, who we spoke to. So, I mean, as a, as a premier space, at least another million people should be listening to that. Not in a couple of 10,000. You should have a million people listening to that because, one, it's us, but two, it has something to do with what's really going on out there. And a lot of people don't realize how the government is about to just steamroll these people. Oh, we give you $700. We brought this up last, uh, the other day too, with this $700. Okay. $700 isn't worth anything. We all know this. Do you think that there is some string attached to that $700? You take it. And then we take your rights, your privileges, whatever it is. No class action suits. You promise not to sue the government. You promise not to sue FEMA. Oh, we see what happened here. I see paper.
0: We- well, <laughs> the, the paper is because I wanted to pull this out. Uh, uh, wait from, a minute. It's from the Department of Treasury. Oh. And it's from 2021. Do you remember what they uh, sent to us in 2021? That beats me. What did they send? They sent us our second economic impact payment Uh notification of how much money they were giving us. And so back then I'll I'll tell people I got $2,400 in my second stimulus check. And I was an American who put that directly into my home theater system downstairs, <laughs> purchasing nice theater sofa couches. And you can you can think of me however you want to about that. But um, thank God I wasn't impacted by COVID by the way other people were because I work in an industry uh, where I was able to maintain work. Uh, I did lose some business with weddings and stuff during that time period. Uh, but teaching wise, I was able to teach using Zoom and everything else, and I still got a check. So I'm, I was thankful for that. But that stated, when I'm reading this, what you need to do? Well, if you haven't received, check the SAS by going to get my payment. Where's my economic impact payment? You know what the the cost of this was? eight percent interest rates. That cost was countless jobs being lost because at this point in time, people can't afford their groceries. The cost of me accepting that money was the fact that our grocery bill, when we go to our local food store, cost about 200% more than it did before the pandemic. The cost of that is the fact that Joe Biden can't lower the gas prices because inflation has gotten so damn high that we can't do anything about it. The cost of that is the fact that college is so damn high as well, because this inflated everything. We're talking about $700 to 10,000 people, right? 10,000 families. Maybe that might be too many as far as what they're putting $700 towards. They gave me a check for $2,400. Picture every single family in the United States getting $2,400, not 700, millions upon millions of people. And then you know that there is a strain attached to this money. Your freedom is attached to the other end of this, as well as your ability to survive economically into the future. I'm going to tell people right now, don't take the money. If you can find a way not to take those $700 not to connect those strings. Don't do it. I've learned my lesson. I wish I could have taken this stimulus check at the time and avoided the temptation and said, Nope, not that it would have done anything because everybody else would have accepted it anyway. And we'd still be in the same situation, but I would morally feel better than looking at that. So I actually had that just for when we talk about it.
1: Well, you can contemplate your, your, <laughs> your travesty and your moral conundrum on your new couches.
0: Uh, and they're very, very comfortable. <laughs>
1: Mull it over, repent.
0: I was watching Guardians (laughs) of the Galaxy two weeks ago and (laughs) volume three. It was phenomenal from those,
1: (laughs) (laughs) I wonder if there's something associated with that, with those stimulus checks that we didn't pick up on because we weren't thinking about it. You know, if you took the money, then you wouldn't be able to go after big pharma or something along those lines. But I don't think there, there probably isn't, but I'm still curious.
0: Our listener Spirit Mama says, I wonder what the difference was between the checks signed by Trump and the checks that came later. I don't think there was a difference between the checks. I think one was just signed by Trump because it looked good for Trump and the other one just came later. That's that's personally just what I think. But maybe you're right. Maybe there's something more to it. Do you think I'm oversimplifying that, Chris? Maybe.
1: But then we hear all these rumors that Trump bankrupted the corporation of the United States.
0: Yes. I talked about that recently.
1: So could that be the case? Yep. Maybe.
0: We'll find we out. Know. We're, we're going to expl- find
1: out. Yeah, right. That would also explain, remember for a couple of weeks there, they did they had all the seals removed? Yes. That would kind of go along with that idea.
0: You're correct. And I'd never even put two and two together on that. I remember like there was something about the seals being removed. Yeah. But I didn't realize that was around the same time. Now I'm going to have to go back. But yeah, spirit Mama, you might be right that legally it could be something uh, according to, you know, the corporation that was established, which. Right. And there know. was
1: there was a time period where the American flags behind him didn't have any gold fringes. That's correct. So that's also symbolic of commercial law and, and maritime. Law see, and mar- right. Right. So I wouldn't be surprised if he did something and I wouldn't be surprised if Biden tried to reestablish it. Hmm but then the yeah. next question is where's the gold
0: <laughs> <laughs> it hasn't been there for some time according to ron paul yeah it's Chris, been I, in, I, I, yeah i'm going to share some with you it's going to make your uh, your skin crawl because you're yeah. on twitter with me um so i'm in the krasenstein's space and it was an excellent space and you know i'm not one of those people that uh doesn't attend things simply because i disagree with somebody's viewpoints if anything chances are it normally makes me attend and listen more uh, generously to want to know what you're going to say but they did a space on how to monetize your twitter account and i was like this is interesting because th- they both have made about a uh, hundred thousand dollars over the last two months on twitter. what <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. They, they both kind of check for about $25,000 in July and another 25,000 in August. And since they're twins, they put that money together and it's a hundred thousand dollars in two months. And I am, uh, you know, my viewers should know, like I am very fine to get money from Twitter. Like I, I'm kind of like, Hey, you know what? You want to monetize that? Sure. If you find what I'm posting to be helpful, pay me, that's fine. And, uh, just so people know, I have been monetized. I reached the viewer account to be monetized. I have not received a check. So unlike these individuals that are getting these checks, I've been monetized. I signed up for my Stripe account. Elon Musk, you know, X has told me that I qualify and they're not paying me. So I'm very kind of curious and I'll be forthcoming when they give me my first check, if it ever comes, I'll let you know what I'm being paid for the influence that I've had of whatever it may be. Right. And you know how much I hate that word, Chris influence. Um, so I wanted to go here because this really made my skin crawl. This guy comes up by the name of, uh, Derek, uh, bros. Now Derek bros has about a hundred thousand followers on X formerly known as Twitter. And he shows up on my feed all the time. Despite the fact I wasn't following him until today, he earned my follow today. And here's why he said, you know, I know that my check that I'm supposed to be getting and that I'm not getting, I have just as much reach as you guys. He's like, I get somewhere between like uh, anywhere from 30 million to 90 million people checking in on my stuff out of a hundred thousand over the course of a month. And he's not getting paid either, but he said what people need to understand is what Elon Musk has built is a social credit system. That they are testing out on the masses right now mm-hmm. and he said that every time you present something and you write something if twitter says to you or x says to you most people don't talk like this on the platform are you sure you'd like to post this if you click yes it's a strike against you if you click no then they're conditioning you how they want you to behave and then rewarding you with payment he said it's no different than what's going on in china and when it came to brian and ed in the Krasensteins, they agreed. And what scares me about that is Brian and Ed are close with Elon Musk. He comments on all of their stuff. And I realized during that time that what you and I are participating in willingly right now is part of the same system that China uses to monitor all of its citizens. And you had some interesting information you sent this week about something that X might be doing that could sell our information to others. Why don't you educate the listening audience about that?
1: Well, you'll have to refresh my memory, but what I said is Israel. Oh, that's right. Um, there was an Israeli firm. Oh, I can't remember it now. You, gotta, you have to tell me what I said. There was an Israeli firm that was monitoring speech, right? Yes. But it, was it, that it? So it's all in your it, biometrics went to them.
0: Correct. And right. Through Elon.
1: Right. So once again, they're being asked to, one, be a good egg by what you say. You have to say nice things and you have to toe the Democrat line, just like chat GPT does. And they came out with that story. today, But they're actually messing around with putting your biometrics into Twitter or X. And the Israeli company is going to do all that. And they're going to monitor it and come up with all the infrastructure for that. So I don't know about you, but if you do any research on Israeli intelligence, they scoop up data left and right all across the world. And every once in a while you hear a politician saying, you really wanna talk about dangerous intelligence, you talk about the Mossad. And then that politician is just drummed out of existence. So no, I really don't wanna put my biometric features into an Israeli firm or any other country's firm for that matter. if it was an Italian firm, sorry, but not going. There, there's,
0: it. there's one other thing to that story that you forgot. Ooh. your financial information's going to the Israelis as well. Oh, it's why? going to be used as part of the payment uh, in order to get paid through Twitter. You're going to have to send in your personal license to a company that's, that's managed in yeah. Israel in order to have this happen.
1: And on top of that. My other question for the Israelis are why are they so interested in biometrics? Because where do you think 23 and me come from is based out of 23 and me is 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 an Israeli company. And if you really need some kind of uh, unnerving information, so is SodaStream. So, mm. I mean, if you enjoy your, <laughs> your
0: Soda I I don't but I, I, didn't <laughs> I don't know I that why.
1: no. But it, it it strikes me as funny. Um, that, they, that they're so interested in biometric technology and gene technology. Because in New York City, if you go to the really, really uh, Jewish parts of town, their hospitals have an, their own genetic board where they, they talk about um, uh, genetic issues. And, and, and you're not allowed in there unless you're Jewish. So there, there's something weird, something bizarre going on with all of this. And, and for Twitter to jump on board with that, I think you're right. Twitter is trying to usher in, with a nice smile, um, a, a social credit score system, care of the Chinese, care of the World Economic Forum CEO, who's doing the same garbage as, as Twitter 1.0. And I think what you're really looking at, just like we brought up before, um, the, 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 op, the Twitter operation, the infrastructure of Twitter, Elon doesn't even own. So right. who owns it?
0: He, right. bought the, who, he bought the who, shell.
1: Yeah. Right. He bought the name. So who owns the actual stuff that makes X do what it does? And how can he build on top of it? And who is he taking a license out with as basically a franchise owner to get this stuff going? Because that's the real question. If I'm going to give you my personal data, who runs this thing? Where's the information going? So, and I don't so, mean the Israelis.
0: So in honor of Paul Rubens, rest in peace. Let's play one of my favorite things to do on the show. Oh. Connect the dots. La, la, la. <laughs> connect the dots. That's my, that's my PB Herman impression when he says connect the dots. All right. Let's connect some dots from this week. I had Aaron Day on my show talking about the central bank digital currency that's coming. Now, okay. let's just pretend that you're Elon Musk and you know that a central bank digital currency is coming and you have already hedged your bets into cryptocurrency with doge, right? Accepting doge and Bitcoin for your Tesla's knowing that the market is going to change away from the fiat dollar system. <coughs> Excuse me. Oh, it's the big one. <coughs> that That's is it. the big one. It's over. That's why you don't drink sparkling <laughs> apple cider while you <coughs> are recording, ladies and gentlemen. Oh, I will edit that one out. <laughs> no way. Leave it in. No, it's wait, cold. Okay, that's staying. That's staying. <laughs> Everybody, sorry for uh, almost dying on you. Um, so Elon Musk is working in this cryptocurrency field. Now, what else is he involved in? He's involved in SpaceX, setting up rockets, Where do you think that some of that technology comes from? It doesn't all come from the American ingenuity. It's coming from foreign ingenuity as well as parts. So he's got a globalized market right now that he understands. So now he purchases Twitter. Why does he purchase Twitter? I've connected these dots a long time ago. He purchases Twitter because it's the largest collection of information in the world outside of Meta's Facebook Right there's no other place where you can find private conversations. Which, if you go to what was just subpoenaed, they subpoenaed Donald Trump's private Twitter conversations, direct messages, and Elon tried to hold it off for as long as he could, and then finally they fined him three hundred fifty thousand dollars, and he turned over all the direct messages that Donald Trump ever sent. So now, as part of this trial, they have Donald Trump's private messages from Twitter, which proves the point of what I said in the beginning is. Elon can read anybody's private messages that he wants as the private owner, since it's no longer publicly traded, and there's nothing stopping him from doing it, which means that Elon is likely one of the most informed individuals on the face of the planet if he figures out how to put an algorithm to try to like get an overall arching branch of all of this. So if I'm playing connect the dots right now, and I see that Elon changes the name of Twitter to X the everything app, he understands that there is a global change that's about to happen. And there's people that are going to be dictating what this global change will be. And he understands that very well because he was a young WEF leader under Klaus Schwab. He has since said that he has backed away from it and he's no longer appearing on the website. I think Elon got in the room with these elites and he was like, you know what? Screw you guys. I'm going to do it myself. Because I know that if I go with you, I'll be one of the people that they hate, as well as I will lose my own power. So Elon's doing everything right now to create a power center for himself and his team that he's going to have around himself into the future, including knowing that the government's going to need a social credit system for central bank digital currency. And they're going to have to turn the Elon just as NASA turned the Elon to keep the space program. Elon Musk is literally positioning himself to be the person, the commodity that everybody has to go to in order to get what they need to put the pieces of the puzzle together. Chris, tell me why I'm wrong.
1: I can't tell you why you're wrong. That's the problem. But I can add on to it because you have X, which is Twitter now, right? That is the biggest conglomeration of everything. Propagandistic techniques, uh, uh, manipulative techniques, how people react to everything. This is a massive social experiment. Anytime you want to run some kind of operation up the flagpole, all you have to do is go to Twitter And you've got it. You've got the conspiracy angle. You've got the government angle. You've got the not-so-government angle. you've You've got it all. And if you're hooking that up to AI, then you know how people will react. So that means that you can add on to or manipulate certain scenarios when they're about to break into a news story. There's one little thing that you forgot, and not a lot of people know about it. But what is Twitter's or X's full name? It's x.ai. Yes. Right? So DARPA did a program called x.ai. Miraculously, we've got a dot in there now, so it changes the whole deal. So DARPA's x.ai was studying how artificial intelligence reached its conclusions and forcing artificial intelligence to justify its conclusions and force our AI to run through its steps of logic. Because they, AI can come up with the best solution, but people can't learn from it, right? They see the, the start, the situation, they see the result, but they don't see the steps in between. And ultimately they were unsuccessful and they ended up tanking the whole program. They said, this takes a lot more study. So why would Elon call it X.AI when you've got a DARPA program that tries to learn AI and his logic behind it, called XAI. He's doing something with that. And then you talk about Neuralink, right? You have a central banking digital currency. You've got SpaceX, which means that they're trying to be interplanetary and start mining asteroids in public and mining the moon in public. And hook that up to your graphene oxide nanodust, and they can monitor everything that you ever do at all times and you don't have to worry about earning a paycheck on earth you can do it anywhere you'd like because we're now all connected so i think that's the long term but i think you're 100 percent right he's he he knows what the game plan is so he's trying to take advantage of it in some way and make a few bucks off of it and maybe he'll come out like the, like the good guy
0: so I, I know we wanted to try to keep the show to 40 minutes today and we're kind of going over that right now. We're about That's four, it, we're done. minutes over. So we're going to end it right here. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> we're not going to end it right here. Cause you just said something that is going to open up probably just one more segment for the show before we hit our winners losers. The one other segment I want to hit is you just talked about graphene, um, dust, oxide. Yeah, yeah. graphene oxide dust. And I, I know that spirit mama had sent me a long time ago back in June this article, and I recently reposted it because I felt that it was relevant to what's going on with something that I heard on the ground in Hawaii during our space. They talked about how this there was this odd white cloud haze before the fires. And the article that I uh, published from 2014 that was sent to me was all about how graphene oxide could be controlled, that they can talk to one another, almost as if it is a sentient, type of, uh, being where it will know how to move throughout the air. And it would be a metal that could be heated. It could be a metal that could work for blocking solar radiation. It could be something that we could see above us as kind of a white cloud, the kind of a haze, and it could be something that we're breathing in and Hmm. it could be affecting our bodies. And we heard the person say, That some of the ways that the dogs were charred, it was almost as if they got cooked by a microwave, Mm. not just burned from the outside, which would go to this. And I know this is getting into conspiracy theory, but I proved that this is out there. You've proved that this is out there through your shows, right? We've talked about this enough. We've seen the documents. We know this. But during our show prep today, you told me there's a new book that's out there. It's also saying there might be something else that is sentient outside of graphene oxide, but it all goes together because if graphene oxide can be controlled to work together, and what you're about to tell listeners is truly sentient, then it would make sense that we'd want this in our atmosphere that interact with this sentient being. What is it?
1: So Joseph Farrell came out with his new book. It's called The Demon in the Echor. And The argument of the book, I just started it so far, essentially says that life is a fundamental constituent in the cosmos. However, the problem is, is that we're not aware of it in a way that we should have been told to be aware of it. And he references things like plasma, and you can have things like sentient plasma entities that aren't necessarily corporeal or three-dimensional, but they're out there and they interact with us on every plane. This would also validate, before particle physics, the idea of the ether, right? All the planets are floating in this miraculous, wonderful cosmic jelly that we can't see, floating around like on waves, like the cosmic waters that we hear about in ancient texts. And that's his basic argument here. And so if he's saying that plasmas, which are the most, one of the the most, if not the most, that we know so far, uh, prevalent energy in the cosmos, and they're sentient, that means there's life everywhere and everything is connected. And that could also mean that electricity itself could be sentient, because electricity is essentially plasma. Hook that up to graphene oxide. God only knows what you could be interacting with. You remember Jordi uh, Jordy Rose, Kindred AI? About years ago, what was it, 2017 17. or 18? Yeah. He's talking about how he's using AI to connect with entities that aren't of this dimension. Mm-hmm. What happened since then? <laughs> what happened to CERN?
0: <laughs> this would be a good conversation to bring Ben Davidson in to speak with us.
1: Oh yeah.
0: Um, just because of what he studies with space weather, you know, plasma is the fourth state of matter. Uh, so I, I I've looked in the plasma before, cause there used to be the plasma televisions. It's basically a gas that's uh, become superheated, And so we have electrons and atoms that are all free floating around. And then that gas becomes uh, ionized from there, which is why those television sets were also very finicky. You couldn't have a baseball hit them or whatever or else you know, the gas would release and you would no longer have it, the ionization. But we know from studying our stars that the stars are about uh, 99% uh, plasma uh, and it makes up much of the universe. Um, here on Earth, it's a little bit less common, but our star, the sun, is a plasma ball that throws plasma at us and it does so on a cycle. It goes through a solar maximum and a solar minimum as the ball is spinning and it's interacting with our magnetic fields. We also know that our magnetic fields are connected to our brain waves and that the sun, as it goes through solar storms, can affect the mental health of individuals. Please look at the peer reviewed studies on this as well. You will see there is an influx of psychiatric problems. During horrible solar storms, M-class flares and X-class flares. Why? Because of the way the plasma attacks the magnetic field. And so what Farrell is saying could very well be a sentient being that we cannot see, but we've been experiencing in a very intimate way our entire lives. So I'm very curious about that book. I'm looking forward to uh, picking up a copy of it. Oh, and got stuff. To. Tell listeners one to. more time what the title is.
1: It's called the Demon in the Eker, spelled E K U R.
0: I feel and, like we're just uh, recommending books left and right here on this. Yeah, show. I know. We have to write books. <laughs> I know. <laughs> I, I'm being dead serious. There's no money in writing a book. You write a book because no. you really enjoy the content that you're wanted to write for people,
1: or money laundering. You get that money up front, then it doesn't matter. How no, much that's
0: you NF, that's <laughs> NFTs, and you have to have the last name Biden. And it's just oh, that's right. artwork. That's
1: right. Yeah. I wanna I wanna because we're wrapping up here. Yep. he speaks about angels and the different classes of angels. And you have essentially three ranks of angels. And he brings this up from St. John of Damascus, uh, the Damascene, he calls him. And this book that he references. It's from 700 AD. It's called the celestial hierarchies. And it's fairly long. I'm not going to get into it, but then he talks about the one little section about the differences between angels and demons and I just want to read it real quick. Of the future, both the angels of God and the demons are like, alike ignorant, yet they make predictions. So that means angels and demons are able to make predictions. God reveals the future to the angels and commends them to prophecy. And so what, you, what they say comes to pass. So the angels essentially have discernment and they have a direct conduit to the primary light source. But the demons also make predictions, sometimes because they see what is happening at a distance and sometimes merely making guesses. Hence, much that they say is false and they should not be believed, even though they do often, in the way we have said, tell what is true. Besides, they know the scriptures. And this is from 700 AD. But then this is the real crux of what he's getting at here. While the liberty to attack man has been granted to them, the demons, they have not the strength to overmaster anyone, for we have it in our power to receive or not receive the attack. That is so important because of what we've seen over the past two years. Like you said, everyone got duped. Everyone got duped. And all you had to do was stand in your own power and either accept the attack or say no. Now, it was up to you to how, to how to navigate that and what the reaction would be and how you would recover from that course of action. But I, reading that from 700 AD really got me to start thinking that maybe we're not dealing with humans. Maybe we're dealing with a demonic energy and a demonic mindset. And that's what's really disturbing. And we brought it up, which, you know, we can go down all kinds of roads when it comes to disclosure. Is it really aliens or demons or whatever, right? That's right. not the point. The point is the energy and the reactions that we're having to deal with and the, and the actions that we're having inflicted upon us. So that's where, that's where I question, is it AI? Is it alien? Or is it demon? So it certainly doesn't seem like human.
0: Well, I have the perfect guest that could speak about this. He's been on my show one time before, but I'm going to reach out to Dr. Larry chap. Dr. Larry chap is one of the premier theologians in the Catholic church. Uh, He lives in Pennsylvania. Uh, He's been to Rome, but if I ask him to talk about St. John of Damascus, I know that he can. And the reason why I know that he can is because St. John is the leading document on the Pegegenosis, which was the source of knowledge, which is where all Christian philosophy comes from at this point in time. It's Latin thought he was the king of. So if there's anybody that would know about this. I think Larry will know. So I'm going to reach out to him to see if he can meet up with you and I to do sure. a follow-up on this, because I think that that will be a phenomenal topic. Let's talk winners and losers of the week. All right. So my winner of the week.
1: Who are you getting help from this week?
0: Because he did it for
1: the past two weeks.
0: (laughs) Oh, ouch, man. You know what? No one asked you.
1: (laughs) You're right. No, no one asked you and they should ask you.
0: (laughs) Pay no attention to the man behind the curtain (laughs) at all. Um, So so my winner of the week is going to be... um, governor green because governor green will be gifted all that land that governor green has been working on since the declaration of emergency back on july 17th eminent domain the land is coming her uh his way and his wife's way uh they're getting an early christmas on maui when they get the uh eminent domain so that's my winner of the week and i hate to say that but they're having a big payday
2: oof
1: oof yeah. all right my winner of the week I actually had two number one was us for our space that was number one but the, the real number one I think should go to uh, Comer for all of a sudden realizing that Joseph Biden had multiple email addresses and email aliases and he released it today and the name that he used was something L something or the other I forgot what it was but it's the same name as a poet from the fifties. And I tried to read some of his poetry and it almost seems like Jack Kerouac kind of stuff. Let's see how vulgar we can get, um, you know, before making people close the book. So I think the real winner here is the house Republicans, not necessarily McCarthy
0: and mm-hmm. Homer. All right. And now the loser of the week. Uh, this is a tough one for me, uh, but I'm going to say, The loser of the week for me is going to be uh, Fannie Willis. Uh, Fannie Willis is the loser of the week because you're a fraud. You're you're already out there, as, as I said at the top of the show, saying that Donald Trump incited an insurrection and he's the one that should be in a jail cell long before you ever have a grand jury looking at any type of data. And we hear that you possibly just rushed this thing out there to begin with before the grand jury actually voted to indict. So you are the loser of the week, you clout chaser. Uh, So I'm going with Fannie Willis. Who do you got?
1: My loser of the week is McCarthy. McCarthy is the loser of the week because at this point, we should have had at least one impeachment and it's not going to happen. And McCarthy this week, after this week, and after the Hunter plea deal went up in smoke, where it's so bad that his attorney had to recuse himself because he's going to be a witness when, that, when they uh, actually try to figure out what the real plea de- deal should be. If you, did, if you can't bring up impeachment charges at this point with Trump as the Trump impeachments as the precedent, then you're a loser. I know your net worth went from to one hundred seventy thousand dollars a year to about what a million dollars a year, or something mm-hmm. like that. So you're you're just as bad as Mitch McConnell. So McCarthy is my loser of the week.
0: All right, I think we got solid winners. We got solid <laughs> losers. <laughs> It's a little
1: tough when you don't have help, right? Yeah.
0: Yeah, it is actually. I'm going to phone a friend next week before uh, I do that because, uh, you know, where's buddy when I need him, he's been silent. And I think he's watching the Eagles game or something here. Um, but yeah, no, you, good, good picks. I hope that you win because you've been a loser for a long time and uh, I would like you to keep your eyebrows, um, you know, but you know, we'll, we'll see what happens here. Uh, look. Everybody on Twitter, you want to go to at real Greg Bolden and at last call caravan and hit the follow button. You want to hit the follow button because Chris and I had a great uh, time doing the Twitter space. And we're going to start doing more of those uh, because why it was a good time. It's fun to have people live. It was like doing live radio and I miss live radio. I haven't had live radio in my life for like the past three months and so uh, I'll be starting that back up at the school here in just a few weeks with my students, but it's not the same. You know, I, I can come on the here, I can be uncensored, I can talk on Twitter spaces and really just speak my mind, but it's so great to hear from so many other people. So you're going to want to follow us so you can get the alerts when Chris schedules a space or I schedule a space and we'll be uh, co-hosting one another uh, spaces together in order to bring you some quality content. Any other thoughts on that, Chris?
1: I miss live radio so much. I'm so sad without it. <laughs> there is there is something exhilarating about having to watch what you say and try to figure out new ways to say dirty things. <laughs> I'm so jealous of you.
0: <laughs> it, it, it felt good though, to, uh, to do the space uh, on Wednesday. You know, it did feel like live radio. I'm sitting it there did. managing people coming up, uh, putting people, you know, in the queue, uh, messaging people off to the side while trying to keep a train of thought and speaking. Um, it, it was nice to juggle multiple things at once, and uh, it was very engaging. I enjoyed it.
1: Oh yeah, and, and what's great even more is that a lot of a lot of people that do those spaces don't have a broadcasting background. So right. we were on point with the yeah. timing. We didn't I'd, interrupt.
0: <laughs> yeah, exactly. You listen to most of those spaces, the people. Arguing and everything else. So, if you want a professional space that's done well, come join one of our spaces. We've been doing this for decades. We're good at what we do. Not to toot my own horn, but I will, because um, I I know I'm kind of awesome. Uh, but you already know that because you're listening to the show right now, and you wouldn't be listening if, if if you didn't think that we were at least pretty nice people. So we appreciate that. Look, we we hope that we honored your time well here on the show. We'll be back next week with another week wrap up, and I'll be back with another fresh round of episodes come Monday. All right, everybody, you've been listening to America Emboldened with Greg Bolden and Chris Michaels here on the America Out Loud Network. Be bold, America.